Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Please take um, notes because this would encourage me very, very much. Over the three times that we've met this year, this will be our fourth time, uh, I really believe that the Lord has given us a prophetic word, a prophetic word for the church. We started with follow. That was our prophetic word for the year. And by the way, we're called to be followers of Jesus Christ, not just in 2022, but also in 2023. Can I get an amen? But it was a word. We then um, spoke, the Lord spoke to us about how we should respond to God from the story of Ezra and how we should respond to God. It was a prophetic word. And then going on to the last time that we were together, the Lord gave us a word, a phrase about defying the odds. And prophecy, prophetic words, is always encouraging. They bring divine inspiration and and they bring a sense of direction. And aren't you thankful that as a church we hear prophetic preaching week by week by week by week. Don't say, well, where's prophecy in the church? It's often around and in the, the corridors and in the coffee area and also certainly from the platform. But prophetic words that come. But today, what I want to do, there is a prophetic sense to it, but it's a bit more solid, as in it's more pastoral. Because what I wanted to to do was just lay in a word as we approach this Christmas season, as we think ahead into 2023. One pastor once said to me that local churches need solid bodybuilding messages. Well, we need that all the time. And this is hopefully one of them. So I want to encourage you, whilst it might have a bit of a different flavor to the last three, I defy anyone not to be challenged by this morning's message. Because I want to ask you a question. What are you known for? What are you known for? Now before I get to the heart of the message, can I address the elephant in the room For so many. Let me say it this way. You are not who you are meant to be. Or let me say it another way. You are more than what you have become. Interestingly, Tim had no idea what I was speaking about. And he referred to this whole thought of identity and what's been laid on. And how it needs to come to the foot of the cross. Before I get to the heart of the message, I just want to, I felt compelled actually by God because even this morning I was thinking, should I just admit this? And the Lord definitely said to me, no. And the reason why I've got these labels on boxes, because I don't know about you, but the postman arrives and he certainly arrives over this time of the year. In fact, we ordered something yesterday and only came to the whole contents have been stolen. How about that, eh? But anyway, well, that's for another day and I'll be on customer services for probably 30 hours trying to get help. Sorry if you're in customer services, I understand, but it's frustrating when you're on the other side. But there are boxes with labels on and I remember working in a business that oftentimes we would label something, we'd put a label on if if it was broken or needs repair. And these labels identify the package or what's in the package. If you can't see over there, there's a, there's a package of heaviness and fragile, broken, large item, needs repair, needs work. But interestingly, it's not just labels that we put on boxes. We can put labels on people. 
I don't know whether you have lived and are living with a label. And we have to be careful that we don't carry these through our lives. From a negative context, there are labels that we have heard, I have heard, placed on people's lives. So for example, somebody can come from a poor background and they're poor and we say they're a poor child. And if we're not careful, they live, up with, a, live with a label that they're poor. And so oftentimes they can have a poverty mindset. We can have somebody who's angry. Oh, they're just angry. And what happens is they grow up angry with the label of anger over them. The, the, what about the label of, oh, they're just confused? What about the label of, oh, they're shy? Listen to me very carefully. Some of you have lived with the label. Quite innocently, people have said, you're shy. And then that means you don't have a voice. <laughs> Labels that we can live with, whatever they are, you've already gone somewhere in your minds, many of you. Because some of you are living with a label. And this is what you are known for. Now, some of you have got an awesome label because you had awesome parents and awesome friends and they put something awesome on you. But oftentimes, it's the negative labels. Listen carefully, look at me that have plagued you, that have shadowed you, that haunt you for all of your life. There is a divine exchange. There's a divine exchange because God comes and smashes all the labels and all the boxes over our lives. And he says to us, listen, in place of those labels and those boxes, let me give you what I want to give you. You may ask, well, what does God want to give me? He wants to give you a new identity. He wants to give you a new focus. He wants to give you a new purpose, a new life, a new mind, and a new heart in Jesus. <laughs> Some of you are known by your labels. At the end, don't delay. Just draw, lean into the prayer that I'm going to pray because something supernatural is going to happen. In the next few minutes, you better get your heart ready. Something supernatural is going to happen. And God wants to give you something new because he wants us to be known for things that are of kingdom values and kingdom purpose and life. So what I want to do is I just want to take three instances. We've been taking, I mean, those poor guys who had a palace, if you've already had the message. I mean, Phil's addressed it, Nathan's addressed it, Lord Jesus. There was like just a little sentence and they've had to say what they're known for. What was it, Priscilla and Aquila? There's a bit more about them. Barnabas is a bit more about this. There's just, we've been taking it under the radar people. But what I want to do just in this few minutes that I've got, I, I, I want to take some more well-known characters. And I felt really strongly that the Lord impressed these three principles on my heart. Real solid stuff that's going to help you in your life. And perhaps, Josh, we could just emulate them. We could pursue these qualities. Just say emulate and pursue that's what I desire for my life and for each campus that I have the joy of visiting. So the first thing I want to do, I want to address a people. Because I, I want to take us to the people of Malta. The people of Malta. I thought the Lord, I was waiting on the Lord for the word and he's just like, what? Okay, I'm going there. Because the people of Malta, 
I don't know whether you've ever visited. Give me a wave if you've ever visited Malta. We have just the once. And everybody says to us, you're going to love it. The sun shines. It's fantastic. We were there for one week. It rained for three days solidly and flooded the whole area. Literally, wasn't it? And then there was, just as we was going out, Eleanor was so little. We were going through this, around this shop, and they had booze and all the rest of it there. And she just reached out from a push chair and smashed this bottle. And I was praying, Lord, make it the cheapest. It wasn't. It was the most expensive. <laughs> and I kindly said to this man, what do I do? He says, oh, you need to pay. Okay. So there we are. Smash booze. And thanks, Eleanor. Okay. That's our experience of Malta. But it's a small island country in the Mediterranean. There's about half a million population. But it's in the Bible. In the first century, Paul visited it on his missionary journey. He wasn't meant to, but there was a shipwreck that happened. And we noticed that they got to shore. Let me take you to Acts 28, verse 1 to 2 in the Amplified Version, Chris. And thanks, Chris, for all your help with, with all that you do there and all the guys on the back. This is what he says, because the ship wrecked, and now they find themselves on safe land. You have to read the previous chapter. It's remarkable what God does. And he says, and we found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us extraordinary kindness and hospitality. For they kindled a fire and welcomed us all since it had begun to rain and was cold. Just keep that on there for a moment, if we may. The original text doesn't use the thought of they were natives. They use this thought of the Maltese people and they define them as barbarous people. Read the original text. It says they were barbaric. They were barbarous. Okay, people. Now, you may say, well, that's not a very nice phrase. Well, you've got to drive even deeper because we can have a phrase of that. But actually what the writer was trying to say is these people had rough speech. I up me duck. <laughs> they were a bit rude. They were a bit bristly. They were a bit harsh. One of the, one of the um, commentators actually uses it this way. In brackets, he says, they didn't have the Greek way. The Greek way was cultured. The Greek way was educated. The Greek way was like more accomplished. But these people were none of those things. Can I encourage everyone, every one of us, don't judge a book by its cover. We can look on at very wealthy people and rich people and think, oh yeah, they haven't got a clue. And they're some of the nice, warmest, beautiful loving people you'll find and I was walking to a guy who was trying to find our food bank and I just he walked through the door I was with the UK director from Mission India and I could see he didn't know where he was going and I don't know where I am I said don't worry I'll take you there and, and, and I said Andy you go upstairs and I'll walk him round so as I'm walking around he, I just said so you know obviously need, in need of help and he was bedraggled and you know clearly got some issues challenges in his life and I, I don't know how, he just clocked who I was. You're the pastor, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt old, he started calling me sir. <laughs> sir, thank you for taking me around here. Thank you for looking after me. Lisa, I were, I were, I were gone. Sir, thank you. As I took him to the door, sir. Th- you may say, what are you getting? It was just, he just took me. He didn't take me back because I have interact with these guys. Don't, please, church, don't judge a book by its cover. They're some of the kindest, sweetest people. 
Some of you are from that background and you're judging books because they've got a bit of wealth in the car they drive. Please, don't judge a book by its cover. Have you got that principle? And these Maltese people, they were classed as that. They were rough. They were unusual people. But they carried two wonderful qualities really quickly that I want us to emulate and that I want us to be values of Arena Church. First of all, it says they had extraordinary kindness. Let me just use that thought of extraordinary. It's a thought of remarkable, special. This wasn't just a little bit of kindness, Maria, little, little into bits. This was extraordinary. This stood above and beyond. This was a standout extraordinariness of kindness. And this word kindness is where we get the word philanthropic from. The Greek word is philanthropy. And basically that means for love and benevolence. And it's only used twice in the New Testament. Here and in Titus. You may say, well, what's the context and what's the relevance of that? The relevance of it. Titus uses it to explain the kindness of God. Let me read it to you. It says, but when the kindness and love of our God appeared, Savior appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. But when the philanthropia of God, our Savior appeared. So it's interesting that he contrasts God with the barbaric people of Malta to explain this huge love and kindness of God. So can I encourage us, first of all, to have an extraordinary kindness? Secondly, can I encourage us, because it says in that verse that they welcomed us. They even built a fire for us. You've got to delve into the word a bit bit more, that word welcome. It doesn't just mean hi and goodbye. It means to take as a companion. It means to grant access to our hearts. It means to become a friend. These people were coming out of the seas, and we've got a lot of that going on at the minute. And I don't want to get political, but they welcomed these guys in. They built a fire for them. What am I trying to say? Can I encourage us in Arena Church to be like the Maltese people? What are we known for? They were known for extraordinary kindness and an unbelievable welcome and hospitality. May we be known as the kindest of people. Extraordinary, unusual kindness. Kindness is a quality that is so underrated and underemphasized in the world today. I want to be known as a kind person. I want to be known as a big, somebody has already said to me, you're like a big cuddly teddy bear. They've already got me this morning. I like that. I want to be known as kind. I don't want to be known as a mug, but I want to be known as kind. I want to be known as big-hearted. I was in a context last week, and we got somewhere. And at the end of the day, I want to be known as big-hearted. I'd much rather be known as big-hearted than mean-hearted. And these Maltese people, they just were marked by their big hearts, their love, and their kindness. They brought a wonderful welcome. So you may say, well, what context? We're coming up to Christmas, guys. Can we say, God... I want to be like the Maltese people. I want to be known for my kindness. As they walk into Mansfield, as they walk into Belfort, people are bowled over by an unusual, extraordinary kindness. Wherever we are. And just a wonderful welcome. We don't literally build a fire for them, but we let them come and find warmth and comfort and safety. Can we do that this season? If we'll do that, I'm telling you, we'll become, even if they never come back, they'll go, that church, I tell you, it's top notch. 
Secondly, what about Joseph the dreamer? What about Joseph the dreamer? Now, some of you are real students of the Bible. You know the Bible. Joseph was known as a dreamer. Let me take you to Genesis 37, verse 17 to 19. It says that Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. And they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. And they said to each other, here comes the dreamer. Joseph was known as being a dreamer. It doesn't say he was a daydreamer. It says he was a dreamer. He was carrying a dream of purpose in his heart. Can I ask you, what are you carrying presently in your heart? Can I just say to you, as I was here, I felt the Spirit of God come all over me come all over me again. And he just did something in me again. I was praying through there and it came on me again. And I started to say, God, I am confessing in a season that the media tells and the world tells us, I understand the realities of recession and inflation, but we're not going to live there. I was in a meeting two weeks ago. All I spoke about was vision. I've got a vision to still carry the church forward. I started to look around and think, this is awesome. But let me tell you, next year, could we see a few hundred people added to the life of the church? I have a dream to see baptisms regularly through all the campuses. I have a dream for us to take on a bigger facility than here. So we, we, we take on, Phil's got it in his heart. It's the old Dakota Hotel just off Junction 27. Few, hundreds and hundreds of people it could accommodate. I, I'm believing that we, we're, we're still going to plant churches in Jesus' name. I believe we're going to touch children. I believe we're going to launch more food banks and more food clubs. I believe we're going to, have you just got it? It just all, and I, I literally, I felt the Spirit of God come on me. Like the Spirit of God says to me, son, keep dreaming. Maybe said of me, what am I known for? Well, here he comes, the dreamer. I want to carry a dream, a dream in my heart that God's deposited. Eleanor Roosevelt said this, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Let me ask you a question. I've put a statement there. I have a dream too, a blank. What do you have a dream too? Your dream may not be like me. You might dream maybe to marry a godly husband. That's a great dream. Or a godly wife. To build a godly family. I have a dream to see my whole family saved. We heard it today. I, I have a dream to build a God-honoring business. I have a dream to get into ministry and plant a church. I have a, what is it? And if you haven't got one, can I just say dreams are deposited by the Lord. They come in prayer. Sometimes I'm in prayer and something's just dropped on me. I'm like, whoa, Jesus, that's awesome. <laughs> Praise God. I could never have thought that. That's how God deposits dreams. And they said of Joseph, here comes the dreamer. But I want to be a dreamer. And interestingly, Joseph also had a work ethic. You've got to follow his life from Genesis. He served wherever he was, he served. You can't just have a dream without working. And by the way, don't allow your dream to be squeezed out of you. You have to contend for it, fight for it, fuel your dream. Because it says there that people wanted to, his brothers wanted to kill him. And Joseph had to go through the process. Where did he go from? Those students, you know what I'm talking about. He went from the pit to the palace to the prison to parliament. Wow. 
Many years, but he carried a dream in his heart. What are you known for? Are you known for the dream? Are you carrying a dream in your heart? Oh, in God. In God, we're going to believe. In God, we're going to advance against that troop. With my God, I'm going to scale a wall. With my God, I'm going to believe for that prodigal to return. With my God, I'm going to believe that next Christmas, the whole family is going to be worshiping God together. And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to work, and I'm going to do all I can in Jesus' name. Thirdly, David, what was he known for? He wasn't just known for killing a giant. He was known as a man after God's own heart. In Acts 13, verse 22, God testified. John, what a testimony this is. God testified. The Almighty testified. This wasn't man's thoughts. The Almighty, uh, you, some of you have got it, three of you have got it. The Almighty testified. Concerning him. Concerning who? David. He says, I have found David, son of Jesse. And that is interesting, his phrase. is rooted in where he came from. The son of Jesse. <laughs> and of course, it's the lineage of Jesus. But he says this, a man after my own heart. And he will do everything I want him to do. If you've never read Psalm 51, I'd encourage you to read it. Because it expresses all of our lives. And this psalm expresses David in the midst of an encounter with the prophet. And David was in secrecy and in pain and in waywardness and blatant sin. One writer says he actually wanted to be found out. He was desperate to be found out. That's their conviction. I, think, I tend to agree with him. And Nathan points out his sin because what was his sin? Well, he committed adultery. He gets the lady pregnant, but then he tries to bump off her husband. And well, he does bump off her husband. It's a holy mess. So how can this man be a man after God's own heart? I'll tell you why. Three things. This passionate pursuer of God. I love this. He was a passionate pursuer. May it be said of me. Oh, may it be said of me. This man's a passionate pursuer of God. A passionate pursuer of God. Maybe said of you. And he was expressed in his repentance, first of all, number one, expressed in his repentance. He said, I'm sorry. And by the way, if you are not prepared to say sorry, then I actually don't believe you're passionately pursuing the things of God. Because we all get it wrong. He was expressed in his obedience. You'll read it in Psalm 51. And obedience is, is basically saying, you tell me, I'll do it. Now sometimes, I need to hear that a couple of times or even three times. But I'll eventually get there. Because I want to be a passionate pursuer of God. Anybody with me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? We may not get it the first time, but keep hearing because God will keep saying to you, listen, come on. And if you're a passionate pursuer of God, you want to live with obedience. And thirdly, it's expressed in worship. He was a worshiper. I know Josh has encouraged the Mansfield guys. He danced before the Lord. But it wasn't the only thing. He was just exuberant in his worship to God. He wanted God to be the one who was seen and known and heard. 
He lifted up holy hands and spoke from holy lips and brought holy dance. (laughs) He raised the praise. These are ways that we express a passionate pursuit of God in the way that we say we're sorry to one another, in the way that we obey, and in the way that we worship. I understand some of you from different backgrounds, and you may be a little bit more reserved. I'm still trying to get to the old jigging, you know, bit. I'm just, I'm just trying to get there, okay? But it's not about that. It's about a heart that's passionately pursuing the things of God. And David was known after a man after God's own heart. So in a summary... Quickly, may we be all, may we all be known for our extraordinary kindness, hospitality and welcome. May we all be known as we approach 2023. I'm telling you again, I am not, by God's grace, pulling back. We're moving forward. We're moving forward into all that God has for us. We will defy the odds. And we're going to work hard as well. And may we all be known for our passionate pursuit of God. All these people showed qualities that emulated faith in their following. I was hoping I had a few minutes left. Because the Lord spoke to me this morning. As I was preparing and he said, you've missed the big one. And I waited. He said, I'm talking about me. Jesus, what am I known for? My response was, Jesus, you, you, you're known for so many wonderful, glorious things. He wanted me to list them all. He said, no, no. And he took me took me to this passage again in Matthew in chapter 11 verse 19 and I like this version because Matthew writes about Jesus and he says the religious people were saying what Jesus was known for and they said the son of man a phrase for Jesus he comes eating and drinking and they say here is the glutton and the drunkard I'm not going to I will comment on that but that's not what I'm wanting to learn for a friend of tax collectors, a friend of sinners. To be clear, Jesus wasn't a glutton, and he wasn't a drunkard. The religious people said this because he was found often sitting around a table with those who were overeating and overdrinking, but he didn't. But what is true of that statement, he was indeed a friend of sinners. Are you a sinner? He's your friend. I was once a sinner. And he became my friend. And they said of Jesus, he was a friend of sinners because he associated with these people. He made friends with all people. Listen carefully. His dream, Jesus' dream, was to seek and to save that which was lost. His obedience was to carry the good news to everyone. And his purpose was to invite and welcome all. There is a table laid out in every location that says, you are welcome. Sinners, you're welcome. 
drunkards, you welcome and come and meet with the Savior today. I want to be a person who's known like Jesus, a friend of sinners. I want to snatch those people from the fire of destruction and despair and depression. And can I use, I think it's a cool word, but it's often uncool in some churches, and hell. God is looking for a people who will boldly go. And will carry these wonderful values and truths to our world. I wonder if the musicians would come and join with me. Before I hand back to the guys, I hope you've received the word this morning. Bodybuilding word. What are we known for? Well, every eye is closed and the head is bowed. I promised you, you've been living with labels and you want to shake off the label today it may be you don't know Christ but you've been living under a label you may say really is that offer there it's, the offer is there for every one of us it's all through the cross well every eye is closed and head is bowed if you've been living with a label or Simply you just, today you've realized that he is the Savior. And you want him to make him your Savior and Lord. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If that is you today, just raise your hand up where you are now. I won't embarrass you. Thank you. I won't embarrass you. Thank you. I won't embarrass you. I won't draw attention to you. But I don't want you to leave this place if the Lord is speaking to your heart today. And you want to enter into the first step of following Jesus. Just raise your hand. There's hands that have gone up. Is there anybody else today? Thank you. Anybody else today? My God. Thank you, guys. Jesus, we thank you. people have been living under labels and you know the Lord and you know it, just raise your hand where you are. I feel the Spirit of God here. He's going to break some labels. Come on, there's more than that. I don't want to force you. There's more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's even more than that. Just keep your hands raised, head, head down, eyes closed. Father, we thank you for your grace that's at work in these wonderful people who've responded in salvation and I pray, Lord, today that they would know a newfound love and joy in you that they would be hit by the mercy and grace of God, that they would know they have left this place forgiven and set free, that the chains that bound them when they came in here will be loose from them, and they would walk out of this place completely different. Those hands, those hands are raised with labels, negative labels. I break every negative label now in the name of Jesus. Every cursed word I break now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. 
I stand against it. And Jesus, Spirit of God, where that label has lived, dislodge it now. Dislodge it now. And for every negative, put in a positive. In Jesus' name. Spirit of God, do your work now in people's lives. I felt the Lord just whisper as you can see in worship, lots was happening with me. I just, and I said, Lord, okay, if you bring it back to memory, I'll do it. I simply want to say, without any fuss, if you need God to touch you because you're sick, you're believing for a, we were encouraging the moving forward pastors from a great message from Mark Batterson to believe that mountains to be leveled and some of you are facing mountains of sickness if that's your story today every eye closed, head is bowed would you raise your hand if you need God to touch you if you need God to touch you if you need God to touch you, come on lift it high, if you need God to touch you I'm going to believe now in Jesus name, Lord we thank you for the confidence of your word It's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. It's not by how we shout or what we say. It's by the spirit of God. And I pray, Lord, now that you would go along the aisles where hands are raised and you would heal people. Lord, that they would sense your presence and your power at work now in Jesus' name. Lord, you would touch infirmities. You would touch touch sickness. You would touch disease in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you would release your power now in Jesus' name. You would release your power in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, for full restoration of health. Full restoration of health. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence here. We truly want to be hidden in you. And we pray, Lord, that you'd consistently and constantly move us aside and hide us so you can be seen. I pray for every location over Belper, The Hub, Ilkeston, Mansfield, Nottingham, Toulouse. Lord, that we would be hidden so you can be seen. We've heard about the mystery. It's a holy mystery. How can we be hidden? And then we're seen. But we are. May we decrease and may you increase. May there be release of the supernatural in the campuses, Lord. Outstanding miracles taking place. Salvations taking place. People coming to faith. And I pray, Lord, that there would not just be a release of people, a release of leaders, but there would also be a release of resources that would enable us to fulfill the vision that you're placing in our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Come on, let's be people who are known.